You can be seated and open up to 2 Corinthians 4, 5 to 18. Before we knew Alex would be with us, we picked our theme this year. And as it usually happens, God is way ahead of us. And so when we picked our theme, we picked a question. And the question was, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? The question was, why do bad things happen to good people? And after that, Pastor Alex got permission to come here. Uh, It might seem a little um, counterintuitive to have such a hard, dark uh, topic on Easter Sunday where you're used to pastel colors and flowers and getting uh, getting ready for Easter lunch. But never forget, Easter began in a cemetery. Never forget that. Therefore, Easter is where we find the answer to all of the pain in this world. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 5 to 18, I'm going to share more of a devotion this morning as opposed to a feature-length sermon uh, because it was a joy to have Pastor Alex here. But what I want you to know is uh, Jesus Christ is in this world. He rose again so that he can help you no matter what you have suffered, no matter what you are suffering, and no matter what you will suffer. This is what Easter is all about. It's not about the eggs full of candy. It's about you in your darkest moment finding a light that will never go out. And it's a light you will find nowhere else. It's a light you will find nowhere else on earth and nowhere else in heaven. That's why we're going to 2 Corinthians 4. 5 to 18. The Apostle Paul wrote this. We're learning his story in our uh, track through the book of Acts in our regular sermons. But I want you to trust, because you never want to hear from somebody when we're talking about suffering. You never want to hear from somebody who hasn't suffered, right? You don't want to hear from somebody who's like, oh, I had a terrible uh, hangnail once. And it, you, know, you never want to hear from somebody who it's like, they haven't truly suffered. And so the Apostle Paul, let me just tell you his credibility on this topic of suffering. Uh, In chapter 11, verse 24, he says, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. How many times have you been shipwrecked? On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from uh, my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me, my anxiety for all the churches. This is a man who's speaking to you and me today who knew what it meant to suffer. Therefore, you can trust his heart and you can trust what he says. Now, here's the thing. In the book of 2 Corinthians, he's writing to a church that's feisty. They said Corinth is like Vegas. What happened in Corinth stayed in Corinth, okay? And they were feisty, and they didn't like the apostle Paul, and they didn't trust him. He did the wonders of an apostle, and you know what they said? Big deal. So he's writing this letter to them because here's what they're saying. You're suffering so much, maybe God isn't with you. You seem like a cursed person. Do you have like an accident-prone person in your life and sometimes you wonder if there's a problem with them? Maybe you are the accident-prone person and people wonder if you have issues spiritually because of it. Welcome to the Apostle Paul, his life. So he did all these wonders. He had the authority to write the Bible and people were like, I don't know about him. So he's writing this book to talk about how his sufferings and his weaknesses actually prove God is with him, not against him. It's a great book. I would encourage you to read it. You can take notes. There's a note sheet in your bulletin. I would encourage you to do so. But the first thing you can write down, why do bad things happen to good people? You can write this down. To show us our need for a Savior, Jesus Christ. 
to show us our need for a Savior, Jesus Christ. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, going back to Genesis, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where is it? In the face of Jesus Christ. Do you know that all of your suffering, all of your pain, every single thing you've ever gone through in this life is God's way of saying you need his son Jesus. All of the darkness in your life is meant to show you you need a light you can't find on earth. You need a light from heaven and it's found in the face of Jesus Christ. When I think of darkness, I love to tell this story. We were at family camp one summer and I thought I'd play a prank on my buddy Brandon, who's now a pastor in New York. See, there was this dessert option for families where you can canoe out to a small island. I mean like small enough for a fire pit, some chairs, and not much else. And you could canoe out to that with three, four, five, six couples and enjoy some marshmallows, some s'mores. But you had to like, you know, it's a smaller lake, but you had to canoe out there in pitch darkness, all right? And I wasn't saved in the 80s, so I saw all the Friday the 13th movies, okay? And so there they are, you know, they're rowing out there. And I did it one year, and I was like, this is terrifying. It would be a really good way to scare somebody. Idea. So the next year, my buddy Brandon was out there with a bunch of other people, and I thought, I'm going to scare him. So a bunch of us got in wetsuits. We got the flippers on. We called ourselves SEAL Team 7, and we got in the water. And when they were coming back from this nighttime island, we thought we we're going to get them so good. They're not, they can't see anything. You can't see your hand in front of your face. It's so dark. So we thought they're going to come back and we're just going to reach up and pull them in the water. It's going to be awesome. Well, there we are floating in the water waiting. And guess what? Suddenly the canoes start flying by our heads. And we're like, wait a minute. We can't see them either. Death by canoe is such a humiliating way to enter the next life. How'd you die? Lying in the Colosseum? How'd you die? Kayak to the head. Tragic. <laughs> abort! Abort! We're not swimming for the shore because we can't see them either because it's so dark. And guess what? We found out later, he didn't even go out to that dessert thing. He was asleep in his cabin like a baby. <laughs> Man. I don't know the darkest place you've ever been physically. I don't know the darkest place you've ever been spiritually. But I bet there are people in this room or online right now and you've been to dark, dark, dark places. And I want you to know that's why Jesus came into the world. Write this down. Jesus alone brings God's light into our hearts. Jesus alone brings God's light into our hearts. God said, let there be light in Genesis, and the physical world lit up, all illuminated. It's beautiful. But guess what? Physical light, external light isn't enough. We need that light to shine in our hearts. This idea of needing light inside of you pictures a few things. It means you don't have life. Before God spoke, there was no light. There could be no life. You need spiritual life. Sometimes people say, I'm going to heaven because I'm a pretty good person. Do you know that the Bible actually says you're a pretty dead person? spiritually dead. Therefore, what we need is life. That light symbolizes life. It also symbolizes that you don't have a relationship with God when you're born. You can't see God. You need the light to come on so that you can say, I was blind, but now I see. And it doesn't matter if you were raised in a church. That church was supposed to, told, was supposed to tell you, you need to repent and to receive Jesus as Savior, just like grandma, then you can see God too. So Jesus alone brings God's light 
into our heart. Jot this down. Knowing Jesus prevents us from losing heart. Once you have Jesus in your life, then you won't lose heart. You'll go through a lot of troubles and trials like the Apostle Paul, like the Lord Jesus. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but it will never fully conquer you. In fact, we are more than conquerors when we are truly in Christ. It says, God said, let light shine out of darkness. And then he shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Only when you have the light of Christ in your life will the darkness not overcome you. And friends, if you don't have the light of Jesus Christ in your life, the darkness will never end here and it will never end in the next life either. You need Jesus to light up your soul. Knowing Jesus will prevent us from losing heart. It says it in chapter 4, verse 1, by the mercy of God, we don't lose heart. It says it in verse 16, so we don't lose heart. Are you tempted to lose heart? Are you tempted to give up? Are you tempted to collapse? Do you feel like you're on the verge of quitting or have you already quit and in your heart you know it's over? Hey, I got great news for you today. Jesus Christ came into the world to shine a light in your heart that this world will never, ever put out. It doesn't matter how dark your life has gotten. He can light that up. There are so many problems in our world. Our world is messed up. My son, when he was just four years old, came out one morning and stomped his foot and said, this is the worst planet I've ever lived on. <laughs> Guess what? This is the worst planet I've ever lived on too. He is absolutely right. The financial crisis, medical problems again and again, relational issues, political problems, natural disasters, and then behind it all, the spiritual forces that you cannot detect or predict or control. If you stand alone, you're hopeless. But knowing Jesus prevents us from losing heart. You're not alone in your suffering when Emmanuel, God is with us, is with you. Do you know Jesus? Why do bad things happen to good people? To show us our need for a Savior, Jesus Christ. It calls him Lord in verse 5. Jesus Christ as Lord. That's what we proclaim. Hey, write this down. Do you know Jesus as Savior and Lord? Paul's testimony is clear. He was killing Christians. He was on the road to Damascus to arrest and kill Christians. He was so bloodthirsty, thinking he was serving God. He was so wrong. He went house to house to house in Jerusalem. He bound men and women, forced them to say Jesus is Lord, threw him in jail or killed him. That was his life until Jesus appeared to him on the road and blinding light from heaven. And he said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And, and Saul said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus who you are persecuting. And then Paul knew he was a dead man. He was a dead man. And I don't know if you've had that moment in your life where you realize that judgment day is coming. You will stand before God for everything you have done or said or what you haven't done or what you haven't said. And if you think that's going to be a good day for you, take stock of what's written in your book because books are being kept. And on that day, it will be too late for you to realize you're a dead man. Do you realize you stand condemned before a holy God, but he sent Jesus to light up your life, to love you? Paul repented. And he became the champion of the early church. He realized he was wrong. He was blind, and now he can see Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus as Savior and Lord? If you do, you have a story. 
I don't care if it's when you're 4 or 44 or 94. For me, it was when I was in college. I was 18, 19 years old. The bass player in my heavy metal band brought me to church. That's right. I was in a heavy metal band. I had hair long down to my belt. And I was raised thinking I had to do a lot of good works to get into heaven. And suddenly this preacher said, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And I thought he just took away all my things. He took away my baptism as a baby. He took away my confirmation. He took away my charitable things. He did all, all those things meant nothing because it's just a gift. And I had not freely received that gift up until that point. I was religious, but I had no relationship with Jesus. Hey, maybe today is the day that you accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That's why all of your problems have happened, to tell you you need a Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you a chance later in this message to ask Jesus to be your Savior and your Lord, to light up your heart forever. Number two, write this down. Bad things happen to show others the presence and power of God. Bad things happen to show others the presence and power of God. It says in verse 7, we have this treasure, treasure meaning Jesus specifically. It also means the good news of the gospel, the glory of God. It means the light of heaven. It means a lot of things, but it's all bound up in Jesus Christ being in your life. We have this treasure in jars of clay. So when it comes to jars, I, I brought one up here that actually looks somewhat respectable, but this is a jar used for water, used for whatever. This is a jar. This is you. I don't know about you, but I don't like being called a jar. We've got jars in our house, jars of jelly, jars of olives. I often have to open them because they're very stubborn devices. A jar? This is what we are? This is meant to highlight the physical fragility of this life. As Pastor Alex shared, every single thing physically, outwardly, externally that you now enjoy as comfort and security can be gone in a moment. And if you know your Bible, in the end times it will be gone. For now you have those comforts and conveniences, but they give you a false sense of security. Even your body, when you go to the doctor, they give you that checklist of all the things that could go wrong. And you're like, I'm so glad I don't have all of these things. Give it time. Botox will only last for a little while. The physical world is going to win. All right? This is you. And knowing that you are this means that you better be preparing for the next life. And if you are, here's the good news. The problems that reflect you as being a jar show what's inside of you, which is God's presence and his power. That's why you're here. You woke up this morning to glorify God. To glorify God means to become living proof that he's been somewhere and he's done something. It's why you live. It's why God still puts breath in your lungs. It's why the sun is still ignited as a nuclear inferno <clears throat> to keep this planet going so that God can be glorified. That's why you're here. doesn't matter how hard your life has gotten. He wants to show you and he wants you to show others his presence and his power. All things work together for the good of those who love him. And if you love him, you will show a treasure in a jar. Here's a picture of a treasure. I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. And so here is, uh, this is Bilbo Baggins. And he's on the treasure pile of a dragon. The problem is there's a live dragon on the loose. Well, welcome to Earth too. There is a spiritual dragon on the loose too. That treasure, who stores a treasure in a jar of clay? That's exactly where God puts it. 
When you know Jesus, you have the treasure of heaven inside of you. Therefore, all of your weaknesses can demonstrate the power of Christ. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that it's to show, it's to show, it's to show. This is for other people around you. Okay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. It's not me. How'd you get through that? Not me. How did you survive that? Not me. We had a woman in our church who lost her father. She was a wreck. She knew in her family she was not a Christian. She, was, she could barely function. Her family was worried for her. She couldn't get out of bed. And then she became a Christian, and several years later, she lost her mom. Totally different experience. She held it together. She had hope. She was helping others, and they looked at her and said, what's gotten into you? When you change, your family knows it. She was transformed by the light of Christ. And here's the thing, everyone saw it. Everyone saw it. You are meant to show others the presence and power of God when Christ is in you. Jot this down. We are fragile like jars of clay. We're mortal. The Bible calls us things like sheep, grass, dust, a breath, a mist, a vapor, a moment. We're fragile. We get sick. We're hurt. We get tired. God made us like that. I'm halfway to 90. I got to tell you, my body is starting to alert me that I have aged out of some things. And I think it's just begun. Several years ago, I went on a roller coaster at Six Flags, got off, and my body said, I'm giving you the five-year warning. <laughs> you try that again, and I will make you pay. Your body is telling you that you were made for another world. But those weaknesses can show other people that you're a Christian and that God is with you. Jot this down. Life is full of trials and hardships. It goes on to say here in one of the more uh, well-known passages in Scripture, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. What a dichotomy. If you just read the first words, life sounds horrible. Well, how's your life? Well, I'm afflicted crushed, persecuted, struck down. How's your life? But if you fill in the blanks with the second half, how's your life? Hey, I'm not crushed. Hey, I'm not driven to despair. Hey, I'm not forsaken. Hey, I'm not destroyed. Maybe you're living the first half and not the second half yet. You're supposed to show other people that you're different. I like the idea of the image of being crushed because that's what it feels like when life is not going your way. Here's a video of things getting crushed by a hydraulic press. Check it out. This is maybe how you feel. Yeah, some people have too much time on their hands. But I tell you what, I tell you what, that, that, that word, of, I feel pressured, I feel pressed, I feel like I can't move, I feel like I'm getting crushed. That is, for some of you, that is your life right now. Why, why, why is God allowing this to happen? Answer, he wants to show others his presence and his power. Life is full of trials and hardships. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jot this down. God is using our pain to show others Jesus is alive. God is using our pain. So we're fragile. Uh, it's full of trials and hardships, but God's going to use our pain to show others that Jesus is alive. It says in verse 11, we who are live 
are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. This is a complicated metaphor, but here's what he means. The Apostle Paul sees himself as a pallbearer carrying around the death of Christ. That's the cross, meaning telling other people that Jesus died so that the life of Christ can be revealed. He sees himself as reenacting Easter. Here's the death. Here's the life. Are you in? That's what he says. And he personalizes it to his audience. God is using our pain to show others Jesus is alive. Hey, take heart right now. Whatever you're going through, there is a purpose. God is using you, if you're a Christian, to show others he is with you. So number one, why do bad things happen? Well, to show us our need for a Savior. Number two, to show others the presence and power of God. And number three, to prepare us for a glorious eternity. To prepare us for a glorious eternity. It goes on to say this in verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. So what does that mean? Well, you can write this down. Jesus is going to raise us to eternal life. Jesus is going to raise us to eternal life. Jesus was raised from the dead on Easter Sunday. You will be raised up out of your grave, and we believe in the physical uh, bodily resurrection of the dead, and then you will appear before God for judgment. Jesus will raise us to eternal life. What do you think happens one minute after you die? Well, spiritually, you will appear before the presence of God to give an account for the deeds in this life. But physically, the day will come when you come back to life, and then you will either go off to the broad road of destruction or the narrow road to the presence of God. He who raised Jesus will raise us. Verse 15, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. When God is with you, you don't lose heart. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look to the things not that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. That's the spiritual realm. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Jesus will raise you to eternal life. Are you ready to stand before God? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Write this down. If you are, suffering well glorifies God in heaven. Suffering well glorifies God in heaven. When you know Jesus, you're full of his spirit. Even if you feel empty and alone and afraid and depressed, you are not suffering alone. God has been with you. And finally, write this down. Heaven's joy will outweigh all of life's pain forever. Heaven's joy will outweigh all of life's pain forever. I love the thought of the weight of heavenly glory outweighing all of my pain forever. I want to show you one last video here because I love the thought. Imagine all of your pain, all of your sorrow, all of your tears, all everything in life that's hard. It's so light compared to heaven's glory that's about to fall. I'm showing you now the Guinness Book of World Records blob that's happened. Check it out. Here is when all of this weight comes down. Look what happens. When I saw that video, I thought, 
When the weight of glory falls, friends, when the weight of glory falls and eternity starts, it doesn't matter how heavy this life has been, it's all going away forever. I want to give you a chance right now to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. I'm going to invite the worship team back up here right now. And as we close, I'd love for you to close your eyes and bow your heart. We've heard a lot today. We've heard a testimony about how when life is darkest and most broken, God is there. So close your eyes and bow your heart with me right now. And here's what I want to ask you. Do you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Have you, by faith, invited him to be your Savior? Have you asked Jesus to save you? Right now, I want to give you a chance to repent and to invite the light of God into your heart. It's very simple. You can say this in your own heart right now. You can say, Jesus, I believe you are alive. Jesus, I believe you are alive. Come into my life. Forgive me of all of my sins. Wash away the darkness. Light up my soul. I want to have hope. I want to have joy. I want to have peace. Jesus, save me. I believe you're alive. I believe you're alive. Jesus, save me. If you prayed that prayer in your heart right now, the light of heaven will never go out, ever, ever, ever. And no matter the weight of your suffering, when heaven comes, it will all be shot away forever. Jesus said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I hope you know the saving love of Jesus that is by grace, it's not by your works. And I hope you feel the light shining inside of you right now. That light is from Jesus, who is the light of the world. And no matter what you are going through, no matter what you will go through, he will never, ever leave you. So we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand.